Hello. Hello. It's well, us again. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's uh, myself, Carrie Marks. And myself, Nick Doody. I tried to make that sound really warm that time. But still it was. You've got a lovely warm tone no, to your voice. I'm forever croaky. <laughs> Hello, it's Carrie. How are you? Um, how are you? I'm all right, yeah. Good. Well, um, this is, uh, this might be, it might not be the last one, but it'll be one of the last ones that we record while I still live in London. Yeah, Nick's moving. I'm moving as well. Might be moving out of London as well, so right. I'm not, not quite sure yet, but uh, it's all happening, isn't it? Yeah. And then we're going no to way. experiment with whether we can podcast through uh, through Skype, maybe. Yeah, well, depending where you move to, because if it's close enough. <laughs> That'd be really stupid, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sit there on Skype across the table from each other. Um, <laughs> does anyone else do a Skype podcast with each other? Oh, lo- loads of people do Skype. Is it common? Uh, yeah. yeah, for interviews and stuff, yeah. Oh, for interviews, I suppose, yeah. yeah. So, so. Um, so that's something exciting to look forward to. Yes, it is. New, new character on the podcast. Or characteristic. Um, so, what's going on in the world? I haven't really been following the papers. A spy has uh, been poisoned. I've been on and off following daughter. the papers because I um, I uh, I write for a show that's vaguely it's a topical show, but it's not particularly politics, and that's not going at the moment. So I have to look into things occasionally and go, "Oh right, so I know that like, Britain's first, and, and the fact that UKIP is a few days ago away from bankruptcy and things like that." Yeah, um, spy's been poisoned. I, I, yeah. I go through long phases of not looking at a newspaper or, or watching television or anything, of, of, of just not caring. Yeah. <laughs> become completely apathetic to the outside world because uh, just, just a whole lot of negativity. I think it's, it's, everyone should have a break from it. I think the biggest thing affecting human mood is probably the news. Endless bad news that you wouldn't need to hear, that most of it's absolutely relevant <laughs> to our lives. Yeah, well, we, we touched on this uh, last episode, didn't we, about the, uh, about the things getting better and the fact yeah, that yeah, the, yeah. A, a newspaper, by reason of it being a newspaper, is going to focus on things that have happened. That I love the fact that also, since, since that last episode, I've seen a number of criticisms of uh, Pinker's book, some of which, you know, fair points and so on, but most of it's just doomsays. It's people just cannot accept the idea that yeah, the world yeah. is getting better. It's just like, no way! If things are getting be better, then why did a piano fall on my sister only last week? <laughs> <laughs> I woke up this morning and had shit for breakfast. And yeah, it's the climate change argument, isn't it? It can't it's be global exactly, exactly warming because yeah. it's, it's snowing. What the, which was a genuine Fox News uh, it, it, item. It, it really is. Yeah, it's, it, how, it's, it, yes, it's the... Oh, maybe that's a really great way of thinking about it. it it's the personal version of climate versus weather. <laughs> yeah. The things can't be getting better because I just got evicted. I, just because I'm punching you doesn't mean there aren't less people getting punched. Yeah. <laughs> You're just unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Star- starvation going down with my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um... A spy, a spy got poisoned. There was a spy around here who, um, also a Russian spy, wasn't it, in uh, Crouch End, um, Litvinenko, a few years ago, uh, who lived around the corner when we were living in Cranny Gardens. He lived on Park Road. Oh, did he? Yeah, just a few roads away. Um, and uh, Polonium 210 took him out. And uh, and I know it's wrong to speak you know, ill of the dead, although I think this is a compliment. And it's, I think he looked surely. better bald. I honestly think... <laughs> I think it's a horrible way to discover that uh, when, he, when he had the hair, he looked like a spy. He had a proper Russian haircut, you know, that kind of flat, sort of just kind of blow-waved over kind of thing that looks like it's from a spy film. I don't think... And it, then he looked like an ordinary person. I don't think it's wrong to speak ill of the dead. If, if it was really... Well, I'm giving you a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he looked great. You're the, okay, you're the one. <laughs> so basically... <laughs> so your argument is, I know it's wrong to speak ill of the dead, but he looks great. <laughs> It's, it's wrong to speak well of the dying, <laughs> in that sense. If it was wrong to speak well of the end of the dead, yeah. then all post-war war films would have to be really complimentary about Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a gag at the time when that happened about, because at the time of year when it was, it just saying that I saw someone outside... Uh, I saw a tree moving on the street. <laughs> I saw another one. And then I eventually realised it was Christmas. It was people taking Christmas trees home. <laughs> but for a little while, I thought, spies everywhere. Yeah, there didn't used to be three post boxes there. <laughs> they didn't use some talk. 
Yeah. Um, well, at the mo- at the time of recording, so many people around saying the kippers are in the bookcase. I've got no idea how you're supposed to answer it. <laughs> So yes, anyway, that's happened. But, uh, At the time of recording, uh, I, I believe both he and his daughter are in... They're not in great, but they're in a hospital and they're still alive, aren't they? I believe so, yeah. And uh, so You're the one who read the newspaper, not me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I read the I'm Russian, through, I read the Russian newspaper the and they did it to themselves. <laughs> right. That's what the, the Russian press are saying. That, this, the, 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 the British did this in order to discredit the Russians. And made it look Russian. Yeah. Right. Which it really does look quite Russian from what I understand. I think the, the poison uh-huh. has now been identified and it's something that was developed by the Soviet Union in the 70s and 80s and used on spice. Yes. You'll probably find when they, they'll find some footage of the person who actually you know, applied the, the chemical and uh, yeah, they yeah. did it with an umbrella or something. <laughs> Down to be. It's one of the famous Russian methods, isn't it? Well, that's, yeah, I was about to say that's how Litvinenko, but it wasn't. It was in the tea for Litvinenko, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. You can't use an umbrella every time, can you? That's <laughs> it. Too obvious. <coughs> you go, oh, that guy with an umbrella on this sunny day looks a bit suspicious. <laughs> so, um, that's the good thing with news like that, is we can comment on it. <laughs> but yeah, with, this, yeah. with this podcast, a lot of the areas we talk about are... are largely things that we wouldn't venture an opinion on uh, so much publicly and that's how you, you've mentioned to me before is going that we're creating a kind of safe space where we can actually say what we think about a few things uh, yeah kind of and it's, it's not necessarily that they were afraid to say it in right, other places well because we're putting There's this out pub- we're putting this out publicly on the internet but on the other hand what we're not doing is writing it in a comments thread yeah where the tenor of the comments thread is very, very one-directional or very, very kind Even of Even though no one would, no would care what we think about this subject, about, about the spy, for oh, example. No, 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 we can say right. what we like, right? But when yeah. it comes to sexism, racism, or when it comes to feminism and so on, then we're on more careful ground, which I think is fair. I think, I think that there are areas where you have to be more careful with what you, with what you say. Sure. But there are some that are so complex that you don't stand a chance. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna invite a lot of criticism, uh, which sometimes I don't mind, but sometimes I'd, I'd be too lazy for it. I, I kind of don't want to put up a comment on Twitter and then spend the rest of the day having to argue oh, my so case. Have and, you ever had to do that? Yes, it's it's exhausting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, constantly reclarifying and going, no, that's not what I said, and that's not what I meant, and that's not, uh, and that's, uh, and I, also because I see comments that will. Uh, rile me, but I, I, I just won't get involved, and they'll, they'll right. pass by during the day. So I and I'll think, oh, we'll talk about that in the podcast where it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it really is a safe space. <laughs> I had that once. I had um, I just got into a massive Twitter argument with someone about something I put. I was retweeting. I was, it was it was a clip of an impressionist on some daytime TV show, and she was doing various impressions, and one of them was an impression of Diane Abbott. And this clip, but it was a really good. It was a good, yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't do the voice, but it was. It was, you know, it's a, well, I think you find Jeremy's doing this, and it, you know, in, in in the very good Diane Abbott impression. And somebody had reposted this on Twitter, going, um, uh, "I can't believe you know that ITV thinks it's okay to troll black women." Right. So I reposted this with a comment. Apparently, doing an impression of a black female politician is now trolling black women because right. I thought it was a completely yes. not okay criticism. Yeah, and the shit I got for this—it yep. it, it wasn't from that many people, but it was so obstreperous and vociferous, and other words ending in urus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lots yeah. of us uruses. Yeah, it's Tyrannosaurus. And <laughs> Some, sometimes it can only be one person. They can still drive you mad. You go, oh, now I'm getting into an yeah. argument with someone who I wouldn't care about. I do. There's two types of things. There's one. There's that that <coughs> that scenario that happened recently with um, Penguin Books put out a tweet saying, um, uh, and it, it, it was along the lines of, and it just seemed odd to me coming from Penguin Books, but it was saying whenever I see a a woman reading a white male author, and it put in brackets, probably dead. Um, oh, right. then uh, I, I wish I could replace it with a female author. And it's like, which first of all, I don't fully get. There's more female authors now than there are male authors. There's, 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 Is that uh, right? Well, I believe so. I think, I think women have uh, quite a lot of dominance in the uh, publishing industry at the moment. It's quite possible. Um, certainly. Um, but also, I just, I, just, I just found it. I, I wasn't even bothered by the comment. I just found it amusing to say, probably dead. I was going like, yeah. now, and I put some comment. I can't remember the word. It was about something about... Uh, uh, that, that now even white male 
uh, sorry, even, even dead white males are hated or whatever. And then I had someone get on my back and tell me I was a white supremacist and so on and so. Uh, wow. Yeah. So there, there's, there's that side of it, but there's also sometimes that uh, I, I just, no matter any kind, of, what it is, someone will get on my platform. This is the other thing is I put one, I made a comment about after the where the Me Too thing was um, was dying down a little bit, and there'd been a whole rushed during the Me Too of people saying uh, that men aren't allowed to talk and so on. So I put in what I, I thought was just like a little sheepish comment going, are men allowed to talk yet? <laughs> right? <laughs> but then, you, were you told no? <laughs> well, before I could, someone instantly got in, in on and go, yeah, bloody feminist, blah, blah, blah. And I was going, oh, oh no. that wasn't my, oh, what I was no. doing. I was just being silly. So yeah. there's, there's t those two ways you can get dragged in and you go, oh, it's just, I'm not, sometimes you think, oh, it's just not worth it. <laughs> it occurs to me that if you put probably dead, that's one of those very safe phrases because it becomes more likely to be true over time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the main ones, though, are where there's a tweet where there's something I solidly disagree with. Right. Or... or where I just think it's not even that I might solidly disagree. It might be that someone has a very solid and definite opinion, yeah. and I disagree with the strength of their opinion and would like want to argue it. So, for example, um, there there was the Sophie Hagen uh, tweets. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, a few I, days I saw back. that. Uh, and I don't have a strong opinion on on this issue, by the way, which I'll say first. But it was yeah. more that her opinion is extremely strong because what, what we, should, we should say what it was. Okay, yeah. so Cancer UK. Cancer uh, Research UK. Sorry, yeah. Cancer Research UK um, have a campaign at the moment uh, to, to tie in obesity with, with uh, cancer, right? But based okay. on, on their research. Um, I've forgotten what the actual uh, campaign says. I think, I think it's the, 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 the campaign. Two is, yeah, I, I've seen I, it's, it's massively on a bus stop, there's to me. And it's weird. It's massively on a bus stop. <laughs> yes, yeah, huge. It's, it's huge. the whole thing. Because well, there's almost no it's words on the It's obesity on a bus stop. Um, it's, it's, it, it's a big poster and it, it has the word obesity but with some of the letters missing yeah and so like a crossword clue that hasn't quite been been uh, completed but you, you, you fill them in yourself very, it's immediately obvious it's obesity you don't go right. oh bye Sanu you know it's, it's definitely that and it goes you know is a cause of cancer and it looks a little bit like a cigarette warning the is a cause okay. of cancer bit and then underneath you know, you know let's fight cancer together it it doesn't Say what you're meant to do about this. Um, it, do you know what I mean? It's, no, but I think it's right. If, if there is a definite connection, let's just say for now that there is a definite connection. Yeah, yeah. They found a definite connection. People should know about it, and it should be okay. they should be warned, right? In the same way, uh, I keep coming back to smoking cigarettes, but I totally accept that cigarettes are the evidence is unquestionable. They're, they're extremely harmful. Right? And it ties in with this. It, it says it, it, it. I think it says on the poster that it's uh, kind of secondary only to cigarettes as a cause yeah. of cancer, something like that. Yeah. Which. I don't know if that's true, but I, I do know that it's it's the opinion of the medical establishment that obesity is a massive health risk for all sorts of reasons. Sure. For all sorts of reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah lo lo loads of different So Sophie got upset with this, and uh, I wouldn't even say upset's the right word, truly angry. She was, uh, uh, she told Cancer UK that they're, they're cunts, which I think is quite bold. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making the world a shitter place, you cunts, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which, whatever her opinion, like, I, I think homeopathy is a load of nonsense, you know. Yeah, we, yeah. We've talked about homeopathy before, and that's unquestionably, that, that's, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's harder to even argue than God. It's, it's, uh, God, God goes, oh, fucking homeopathy has got to be nonsense. But to him, it's, yeah. it's idiotic. You know, it's, 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 it's water that, that can't, it can't possibly, physics would have to be wrong for homeopathy to work, definitely. But if I meet someone who is who believes that what they're doing is right and that they, they are a homeopath, yeah. I'm not going to call them cunts. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go, no, oh, you cunt for doing that to people. Because they're probably them. not. No, they're probably not. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't think the people who work at Cancer UK, even if uh, there isn't right evidence behind BMI indexes and so on, whatever arguments you might make, sure. that's an opinion. But it's it not is. enough to go, uh, well, people working for a charity are cunts. Yeah. And we should say, but I mean, both of us know Sophie. Yeah. And I, I, I like her, I, you know. Sure, and it's irrelevant, friend, though. She's, she's a great comic and all that stuff. But, uh, I, you know, I sort of first Edinburgh show is one of the best Edinburgh shows I've ever seen. There's loads, loads of things I would okay. say as a caveat to me criticising Sophie Hagen. But she, also she, didn't, she didn't do any caveats, though. She didn't write... Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Cancer UK do a lot of good, and they, uh, they did a great show in Edinburgh. Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> was, it, was a, it was a staggering 
tweet in loads of ways. Yeah. And then the other thing is, obviously, I read all the comments underneath. And, and well, I mean, lot, you're being more them. generous to her than she is to the victim she's uh, choosing. Yeah, although, although in, in her case, the victim is an organisation, so it's not... Anyway, but when you looked underneath it, this is what I found really difficult, so this is another reason I would hesitate to comment, is there were a load of people who were being very reasonable, and some people just say, you're flat out wrong. And That's, then every yeah. three or four tweets, someone was being a fucking cunt. Someone was being, even, even when I agreed with the tenor of their point, they added to it some insult about her weight or her appearance. They added, yep. yeah, hey, they're trying to save lives, you chug a pint of gravy a day, or something like that. And this is why I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near associated with somebody who no, would say I that to think, on the internet. I don't think I would say that she, she brought that on herself, but she's brought criticism on herself. Oh, absolutely. And that for, for every one of those, there was also a tweet that going one every several set of people saying, I'm, I'm not going to give money to Cancer UK anymore because, uh, because they agree with Sophie. Right. And I think that's just as... I don't know. I don't know which is actually more dangerous here. I mean, because cancer is one of the most slimming things that can happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's isn't really it? desirable. <laughs> no, it, it's oh, it's a weird one. Oh, isn't I must it? have the cancer diet. I, I, it's funny. I was talking to Kirsty about this, my, my wife, and, and I'm saying I would love to understand Sophie's position. And this, this is kind of a I'm key suspicious. Thing. It's not just advertising. She's got a book coming out, and it's that was massive publicity for her. So I'm not, I'm not convinced by the whole thing. And I, I think there was a far more reasonable way of going about it. And also, I don't know how much I'm supposed to trust. A comedian's science as against scientists uh, yes who have studied a subject <coughs> yeah she she i mean she's she's a a, a comedian not be a good one but one who has this as her as one of her selling points as this is one of her, her very public stances that she takes but she's not a health professional i have no idea how good she is at reading or assessing uh, scientific studies yeah. Um, or, whether, or whether she would even have that sort of objectivity that she'd read both sides of something. Because I'm aware there are some, there are some studies, I don't know how... All right. well, yeah. I, I agree. But I think there's also a point where we get so... Uh, I, look, bullying is horrible and wrong, but at the same time, yeah. there's a point where you can't mention a thing either, and that's just as wrong to me, and it's just as... Uh, it's, it's unhelpful as well. I did do a tweet a few days later on when I dared just going, uh, the... the Fat shaming is wrong, but sometimes it is necessary to mention the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> good <laughs> but, um, but I think it is. I think sometimes it's necessary to talk about a subject, and, and a lot of these subjects just get closed down. And that's why I don't feel yeah. ready to venture an opinion in a, in a public forum because uh, I think that's a tremendous commitment now to then get involved. And also, anyone who's listening to this is listening to us talking and out of it and around and finding, you know, just caveats and all the rest and not being sure what to think in this way and all of that vagueness and and measuredness, whatever. Whereas... You're doing more caveats. I'm, in, I'm in hundred, But, but <laughs> in, in 140 characters, <laughs> I if I said what I think of that, which is I think this yeah. is just nonsense and you're, you know, you're, you're misdirecting your anger, first of all, because it's part of this torrent of shit she's getting, some of which, some of which is absolutely reasonable shit, and some of which is abusive. Yeah, that's one reason I don't want to put my opinion on the internet in this particular case. Would she have got so much abuse? Do you think if she just simply put, um, "I don't agree with this research"? Uh, here, here's my research or the research I've done that shows uh, or, or studied that shows a different view. Um, and I think that this kind of the, the way you're expressing or p- uh, putting over this advert is dangerous and can cause a lot of harm. Would she have? Do you think that people were reacting to her the way she did her took her stance rather than the to, stance to, itself? To some extent, yes. I mean, the reason that the reason it got so much attention was not because of the position she was taking, but because of how vociferously she was taking, how like foul mouthed it was, and that sort of stuff. So probably, I, mean, I, I bet you maybe you've got a bit of abuse anyway, because women do on the internet and fat women do on the internet. But yeah, it, it was a big, big. I mean, I didn't, by the way, I follow Sophie on Twitter, but I didn't see this because I follow tweets. I'm, uh, I'm not sure Twitter. about all this. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure that we're, we're, we're accepting that as a, a thing that women get um, abuse for anything they write on the internet. Is what I keep reading, but it's not. It, it seems to be down to what they write on the internet. And a lot of women are writing very strong opinions and getting abused for the strong opinions. And when men write yeah. the strong opinions, they get abused too. 
for their strong opinions. Like, like we were saying with the, the Peterson interview, and I think we might discuss this another week, but uh, when someone actually counted out the, uh, the abusive comments, he received more um, abusive comments than Kathy Newman and more death threats. So, uh, yeah, most likely. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure whether that is... I, I, I keep hearing this as an accepted truth, that women, any woman who writes anything on the internet gets abuse, and I, I, I don't think that's the case. I think, I think it depends if you're writing uh, strong views and, and if you're going about them in a way that's uh, offensive to a large group of people, they're going to be offended, they're going to react. I, I don't agree with I, you I, doing I, I death know, threats. I, do I don't know, agree I, with I, the hate. I, I'm just saying that... No, no, I understand. I'm not sure what the count-up really is and whether you're we're just accepting... Whether, you're, you're, whether women get more than men. I, 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 I don't know. I, I suspect uh, in quantity and sort of type, in the type of shit they get... I thought that there's an awful lot. Um, do you know Sally Hughes? No. Um, she she wrote something on Twitter that was it was so innocent. It was about you know the band Little Mix. You probably don't. No. <laughs> Little sort of teeny, I think girl band. And I no, I don't. don't know <laughs> Welcome to old talk. Um, but she tweeted something like this is a while ago. I really like Little Mix, but I wish sometimes I didn't feel like they always had to be in their pants. Something like that. And the shit she got, that was all... It, it was constant shit about her appearance and about, right. like, you know, just rape and threat. Was, that thing, I think the sort of rape and death threat side of things... I, I, this is anecdotal. I, think, this I, is anecdotal, I reckon death threats, I, prob- probably men get a lot of death threats. I, 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 rape, yes, probably more women will get those, uh, that kind of abuse. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe someone should actually try to. Well, we could experiment. We could actually find a a, a female and a male to put a, a similar tweet up and see what reactions they get. We'd have to. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether you could do it by creating an account or or something, but. Uh... Well, a bit, um, I mean, there have been some experiments where they did things like send in uh, equally qualified CVs, one with a male name, one with a female name. Well, there was um, there was also an orchestra that used to hold auditions, and uh, someone accused them of being a bit sexist. And what they did was they uh, they held all the auditions behind the screen, so no one could see who was playing. Right. So it was just from the quality of the music, and they went from hiring way over sixty percent men, something like that, to it being bang on fifty fifty. Right. Okay. Pretty much. So yeah. it, it did actually demonstrate yeah. that there was sexism playing a part there. Which I don't doubt. I don't no. doubt. But I still, so, someone listening to this might know some figures or might might know hmm. the study. In which case, let us know. But um, yeah, I, I I would love to know that because it is something that it feels anecdotally true because I, I've seen it happen to female friends. No, but you, I don't. What I'm saying is I don't think you can compare it on a um, a level basis because women are going to get more accused or, or more insulted to do with looks. You know. Um, looks, clothes, right. and so on are, are a bigger thing for women than they are for men. So okay. uh, the fashion industry largely plays on, on women, right? And it's uh, makeup and so on. So um, uh, beauty counts more for female. You, if you're going to criticise a female, you might go more uh, on, uh, on ugliness yeah. or something as a accusation. And, and it's also, I guess, if you're trying to hurt someone, which these people usually are. That's what I mean. You it's don't not, it's, jugular. It, yeah, yeah, you don't think that that's the jugular for a man. Yeah, okay. maybe not. That's interesting. But okay, I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot of comments that will pass me by. So, so another comedian um, who tweeted, no, she Facebooked uh, last week. I'll read you the comment, actually. Uh, which I, One other one I didn't get involved with. And it said, question for men. Why does it take having a daughter to see the humanity in women? Was your mother not enough? Now, of course... But neither of us has a daughter. <laughs> so I don't really see women as human. <laughs> <laughs> but by this argument, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a. Why is the following yeah. outrageous statement true? It's a really weird question from someone who's not a human. <laughs> yeah, it speaks such good English now. <laughs> um, I've seen versions of this uh, go around on Twitter of uh, complaints about men who say, uh, "I've got a daughter, so I understand." I, I can sort of see where that's coming <laughs> from. Yeah, it's right? not why that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, at the same time, women who will write as a mother, you know, what, before you had a child, did you hate children? And this, this is how loaded it is. It's, it's not going, before you had a child, did you care less about children or did you understand children less? It's yeah, more, yeah. The way she's loaded the question is, is it would be similar to doing that. So before you had a child, did you like, want to murder all children? <laughs> yeah. Having a mother is not the same as having a daughter, for one thing. You don't watch your mother go through changes and vulnerability. And, uh, no, and you don't wait nine has. months to see if it's going to turn out to be a dad or a mum. <laughs> 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 oh, I've bought all the wrong clothes. 
And even then, nowadays, you still don't know for another few years. Um, there's a number of male comedians who do, who, who've got children, who, daughters, who do those kind of routines. Some of them really good ones. I can think of a couple at the moment, but uh, about how if their daughter brings a man home and how they react. Yeah. So actually, fathers become overly protective. There's a you know, point. even if it's a nice guy, they're still going to go, don't you dare go anywhere near my daughter. I doubt he's listened to this, but if, if it's Simon Bly has a routine, he's been doing quite a long time, that I don't know of another example of this in comedy, where he does the same routine, but he has changed his role in the routine. So he used to do a routine about bringing, bringing a girl, basically meeting a girl's parents for the first time. Right. And, and, and the, the father being really protective and you know, shaking hands too strong, going, you're going to shout my daughter. And going, I've shouted my your daughter in your bed. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He now does the same routine, but he's the dad. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And he's, it's, I really like that. I think that's very unusual in comedy. It's, it's lovely that he's grown through... Do you mean he includes through... both in the set? No, God, no, God, no, no, no. No, but that'd be nice for a reversal. Because it, it, start one way and then come back... Maybe I think Simon's missing a trick myself. Yeah, no, that would be that would be fucking brilliant. Actually. Yeah, so, Simon, next time you do like an, an hour-long show, I think you've definitely got. Yeah, reverse your own role. Yeah. Um, Mick Ferry's got a lovely piece on uh, boys bringing a or, or his daughter bringing a boy home and right. so on. And um, when it's done well, it's great. But it's, it does represent something true, I think, in a lot of fathers. Is uh, of course when you have a daughter, you can be aware of. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know that. She's going to go through a stage of getting interested in boys. It's going to be horrifying. Yeah, and, and as as I guess people tend to say, I know way better than you do what it's like to yeah. be a fifteen-year-old boy. It's not that a father becomes more aware of women's humanity; he becomes more aware of men's lack of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's been a few other ones that have passed by recently. Though. There's been a number of um, female comedians complaining about bills which were all male. Yeah. Um, and one went out today, which was so I'm doing the comedy store this weekend. Okay. And the uh, and so they they put up their their Twitter advert, and it's a picture of me, um, <laughs> the one that came out today. They do the other acts on different days. So there's a picture of me uh, with the other advert for the show, and um, I'm assuming it's a female comedian. It's a female account that looks like a comedian but doesn't say her name. Uh, has put something along the lines of. There was going to be a female on the bill, but she couldn't do it because she's a witch. Which oh, um, she was burned by the elders of the village, something like that. Something this. like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. I've seen that. I've seen this account, and it is. I feel like it's criticising me though, because it's a picture of me, and it's like instead of this would be an advert for me saying yeah. Carrie Marks performing at the comedy store, and, and and instead there's this thing it's been turned into this. Uh, um, but I've got a unisex name. What do they want? <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw I saw this because you mentioned it to me. I looked yeah. back through the timeline, and every single, pretty much every single tweet is it's a tweet of some comedy bill that's on somewhere that's all men, yeah. and then some silly excuse why there couldn't be a woman on the bill. Yeah, but they're, I mean they're mostly they're mostly quite good bills. Yes. And, uh, no, oh, right. right. If, if you're not aware of this, caveat. No, it's not, it's not like you're looking and going. They've gone out of their way to only put men. You know, they've got good comics. These bills, and what would be weird is if she simultaneously tweeted all the really good female comics who aren't working that night. Yes. But I bet you they mostly but are. They who be. aren't working that night. Yes, because if someone did do that. Someone did do that, and they tweeted a whole list of, of female comics, like seven or eight female comics, but didn't yeah. say whether they were working that night, which is the relevance. Yeah, and I, I, well, I think what, what's relevant here is what numbers are we talking? I've if we're talking about how many, how many, how many comics above a certain level of skill or exposure, right, are male versus female, and it's not fifty-fifty. It's no, nowhere, it's not nowhere, nowhere near, near fifty-fifty. Um, I the first way to make clear is I I'm, I prefer working on a bill that's mixed we, we, and not just male female black white everything else because so um, do I, I when, I'm, when I'm very first... very aware now if I'm on a bill that's only white men it feels like it to me it feels a bit like really is that diversity was one of the things that attracted me to the entertainment business in the first place you know I love the fact there were people of all different uh, sexualities everything yeah. right um, that was many years back and that was back in a 
a world that that, that wasn't that didn't acknowledge that in, in the same way. So it kind of felt like a freedom, you know, that was uh, that anyone could be whatever they liked. Yeah, back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, we didn't care, no labeling and so on. So that, that but I, I still find it weird if I'm on a, a all male uh, white bill, then and I'm aware that that doesn't represent the audience who are watching. It must be weird for women to constantly watch white men get on stage and talk about things that white men talk about. Yeah. Right? So I'm aware of that. But still, there's a reality to it. And, what, and what, one thing we've been talking about before, and this is quite complex, is realising that uh, the privilege of one group is not exactly... Okay, you can, have, you can have group A who is more privileged than group B, but everyone <coughs> in group B could have more, have more individual privilege than people in group A, which is... This, this, is going, this is going to require unpacking massively to explain to someone who hasn't heard it, I think. Right. So let, let's first of all say what we mean by privilege of one group over another. Okay. Let's say you've got a, a race where there's... Let's, let's make this clear. Well, got, hang on. You've even got to explain what you mean by race. Um, an actual race. A running race. Let's say race. there's 100 people in a race, in a running yeah. race, yeah. and they're all evenly matched. Yeah. And two of them are black and 98 of them are white. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, Black people have a two percent chance of winning the race as a group. White people have a ninety-eight uh, yeah, percent chance of winning the race as a group, but yes. everyone has a one percent chance of winning the race. Yeah. So some people might express that as uh, white runners are privileged over black runners because they're so overrepresented yeah. that they're almost definitely going to win. It, 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 the chances are very, very small there'll be a black runner in the final line. Yes. Well, we're just talking the winner. The winner would be a black runner. It's, like, it's only going to happen one in 50 times evens. Okay. So, um, so, well, that's, so that, that's, okay. that's one sort of privilege that they might have, although let's... You All right, let's, just, make it, let's, okay. make it, let's, let's turn it into um, let's turn it into a lottery so we know that there's no racism involved. Okay? Sure. Okay, and let's say there's 10 black people and 90 white people in the, in the lottery. Okay. Still... Because there's ninety percent chance of a white win. Everyone's got one percent chance of winning now. There's ninety percent chance the white people are going to win, right? Now let's say we give. We, we there's, there's, it's, so there's one winner. There's one winner. So there's ninety percent chance that let's a, this, a, I'm white, using a white person figures. will win. Yes. Yeah. So okay. it's not ninety-one against. Yeah. All right. Well, let's say that the black people complain that white people are always winning, which they would be. Yeah. Nine, nine out of ten times. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll give white uh, black people extra tickets. Okay. So let's let's give them uh, I don't know four tickets. Let's give them five tickets each. Black people now have five tickets each. Right. Okay. So there's now they're now playing with fifty tickets against ninety tickets. Okay. Yep. So, so there's one hundred and forty. So there's one hundred forty chances. One hundred forty tickets. So still, you're going to see white people winning the most as a group, but black people. So white people got the privilege as a group that they're going to win them more than black people. What a but way a to black make a person living! Has five chances, has, has five hundred percent more chance than any white person. So I just said, what, a, what a way to make a living because the odds are nine to five. Yes. So, right. so you get the same problem when it comes to so, panel so, so, shows. So when it comes to shows, is it really? We have what you have to work out. Is, just, just, to, just to break it down more slowly because this okay. might, might be. Complicated to understand. So you've, what you've got is you've still got 90, 90 white people and 10 black people. Yep. Uh, each of which has an equal chance. But what you've done is to even up the odds between between those two groups because you're perceiving them as two groups and you're perceiving one group as more privileged right. than the other. Which you're, 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 there are times when it's logical to do that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, arguing yeah. that. What I'm arguing is that by group, the white group have privilege over the black group. But individual, any a, individual black man yeah, yeah. has five hundred percent more privilege than the oh, white. Not, man. not yet. Not until we give them their extra tickets. Now they've got their extra tickets. Yeah, they've got yeah, five. Okay. So, but the, the, in, the, in the original case, because okay. the thing, thing that I think is so sometimes a category error is when people talk about the privilege of a group, and they just mean the likelihood of a representative of that group or a member of that group doing well, and so they right. then impose on that individual. The idea that that individual had privilege, and they didn't. Right in the in the in, the, in your opening scenario, yep. each single person had a one percent chance of winning. Yes. So no white person was privileged over any black any single black person. No, but there here there is only perception of privilege, but there is group. But privilege. there's gr there's group, but, which sometimes applies because sometimes we could say that 
white people getting getting uh, jobs in a particular area and so on might encourage more yeah. white people to do it and so on. And, so you, might, and you might also want say say you're applying for a uh, role in a film or something, and white people uh, say we had the same sort of statistics. White people keep getting it, and you go, what well, do you know? What like ten percent of this population is black. I'd rather have some more black main characters yeah. in my film because that way. It, it doesn't feel like a whitewash of the... Yes, but this is what you've got to work out, is whether we, whether quotas are, are done, particularly in entertainment, like with, yeah. with a panel show, whether the quota is to represent the view, the viewing public, in which case, uh, so there's another tweet that went by, um, mm. and I think it was actually a Facebook comment by a female comedian who's been on TV and in panel shows a lot more than I have, as in zero. <laughs> but yeah. she didn't quite view it, and she was complaining, saying that there needs to be 50% female representation. She was quite angry about it. Well, well okay, let's I feel let like me break she down. has a more successful career because the percentages allow her to get onto those panel shows more than the average white guy. I agree with you, and that's, that's the example it makes me think of. But let, let's just go back to your original, do the maths of the original, okay. right? So you have the uh, 90 white people, 10 black people. Right. And then to... to redress what we see as the imbalance in privilege between the groups you give the black people four extra tickets each i was giving that as an example yeah four, yes. four wouldn't reba- wouldn't balance it it wouldn't balance the groups but what it, it would do a very interesting thing they're gonna right? have to have nine tickets each aren't they uh yeah so it's 90 playing 90. uh no eight each well you mean including the one they've already got Right, yeah. Eight extra each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean is they had, they'd have I'm a total... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm to, I'm to make I'm it even, they'd have a total nine tickets and the white people would each have right, one but, ticket. But even just to give you a first example, we'd give them four extra tickets each. Okay. So everyone in this lottery has one ticket if you're white, five tickets if you're black. Yeah. But there's only ten black people. So yeah. there's 140 possible wins, possible chances of yes. wins. 90 of those are white people's single ticket. Yeah. 50 of those are black people's multiple tickets. <laughs> yes. So there's still the nine to five chance yes. that it'll be. So a white, a white winner will come out slightly less than twice the t- twice as many times as a black person. Yes. It's not quite two to one. However, your ind- any individual chances of winning are down to how many tickets you've got. So any white person's... T- so if you've reduced every white person's chance of winning to you, one yes. in 140... White and people's chances have gone down. Yes, whereas a black person's chances in these circumstances to less than is one ten, yeah. five is five in one hundred and forty. Yeah. So it's one in seventy. Yes, that's right. So they have double the chance. Yeah. So, yes. so you would still this is this is so this is interesting that you can have this. The white group is still privileged by almost almost two to one against the black group if you're if you look at them in terms of the members of a group. Correct. So if you see oh another fucking white. Man. But in fact, every black individual with those five tickets has doubled the chance of any given white Which, which is why you can argue that diversity is something we should all be encouraging to, to reduce the... the first of all, because um, it, it makes the competition a whole, whole lot fairer, but, but what, what throws it is when you start throwing in quotas. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't know, let's say there's, there's 10 black runners and, and, nine, and 19 yeah. white runners, so we, we'll keep on that for now. Um, and let's say you have ten positions. Well, I, I, let's, 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 I, I really let's like the idea of it being winners. a lottery. A, a lottery is very. Right, let's say have ten winners in the lottery. Yeah. Let's keep it a lottery. Ten winners in the lottery. But let's say we quota and we say that one winner has got to be black. And that sounds fair at first. That you're saying that ten percent of the win is black. Okay. Which represents ten percent of the people taking part in the competition. Okay. Yeah. Except that now that means that they start off, Black people would start off with a ten percent on the first ball. Yes. Right? Um, and then each person gets it. It would be, uh, was it slightly over 1% each time, wouldn't it be? For each, well, each, each uh, uh, yeah, because, yeah, because it's like you're doing two things, right? You do, A, you're just holding one 10 to 1 lottery amongst the, the, the black contestants. Yeah. Can you win twice? So now you'd have one out of 99. Yeah, let's say you can win twice. But I don't think we'd say, if you quote her and say how many women have got to be on a programme, you say there's got to be one woman on the, the, on the, the maths get more complicated. You don't mean only you... one woman, do you? I mean, there could be two women on that. No, and like if it was a running race and you were right. just shooting winners, you probably couldn't have the same position twice. Right, okay. So what I was going to say is if you, if you just did... If, right, same if you had person can't win quote... twice. Let's say that. Let's knock them out. So, okay. so, got, so next time, time you've got a 1 in 99, then a 1 in 98 chance. Right. Yeah. So, so you'd end up with... Oh, it'd be something like a nine point four five percent chance of getting. I cut it in my head. Off of the probability top. of 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 any one person getting one of the one of the wins. Yeah. But 
the black people would start off with a 10% chance, so they, they'd end up with something like, plus the other 9%, they'd end up with something like a 19% probability. Say more, 19.5% probability, I think. Yeah, every black person starts with a 1 in 10 possibility of having the guaranteed first place. So they've started with a 10%, and then every percentage gets added onto that, which would only be uh, just yeah, and, over and then, 1%. Then there's, then there's fewer first places left. Yes. And they, they then revert to having the same chances as anyone white person. Let's make this slightly different. Let's, let's, make, well, it, let's make it less like a okay, let's probability make, let's, let's, question. Make it, let's make it a panel show then. So there's a panel show with five, yeah. five people on it. Right? Okay. Okay, let's say that... Um, so one of them is the regular presenter, two of them are the regular hosts, and two of them are switched every week. Okay. But five places. Let's give it a... Let's call it Make Fun of the News. Let's say there's... A, yeah, which it would Let's call this imaginary show... <laughs> point um, at... Funny things to say if someone said something yeah. already odd. <laughs> you're in an airport pretend you haven't got a bomb that kind of thing um, <laughs> okay so five people on the program three regular people on the program ten part series alright so um, uh, the two change over that's 20 places plus the three are stable so that's 23 places on the program right sort of what Okay. So, so, so 10 episodes. Three people are regular on three the programme, so they remain three. That three so let's just, let's just ignore program. them. Let's just, let's just ignore. All right, do you want to ignore them? No, because for, for now. I think you've got to count them because you, if you quote it, you've got to say one, let's say 20% of comedians, that's a low number, 20% of, of comedians are female. We're just going to say that for the easy figures. Okay. Right? So let's say that if we said out of the five that one person has to be minimum female, <laughs> how minimum female are you going to be? You can't be over maximum female. Like, <laughs> anyone who's like 120 percent, no. Um, <laughs> what? What are we saying then? Okay, there's two guests. Okay, we'll just take the two guests then. No, because the two guests really froze this. If oh, you yeah. say if you say one of the five has to be female, then you've yeah. got 20 percent of the program is female. Yes. Representing 20 percent of, of comedians being female, right? Which I'm giving as an arbitrary figure. Okay. All right. So over a pro, over the series is twenty three placements. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and if you say women have to have twenty percent of that, plus they can still get one of the other parts. You understand? One of, one of the other parts. Threes. Yeah. So there's there's five uh, there's twenty three placements. Oh okay. Sorry, I was really fixated on Mott the week. Going, no, they can't. They can't have that. They're never going to get through <laughs> they this. They can never are we? have Dara Bree's spot. <laughs> It would work out. I don't know. I've lost it now. I, th I think we're saying. By the, by the way, I think twenty percent is actually a very high estimation of the number of female to male. Yeah, of, of the number of women that are represented above the kind of if regularly you, played you, the comedy store weekend kind of if thing. If you took this program and said there's two changeover and we unfortunately got three males who are who are yeah. regulars on the program, or it might be a female regular on the program. So out of the two um, changing spots, yeah there has to be a female, yeah. then you end up with that 20%, get a 50%, uh, or, you know, th th there's 50% availability of that programme. Mm. That 50% is, is then split amongst all the males. It's not, it's not a case of whatever disadvantage you give to one group, it's split yeah. amongst the other group, right? It's not that every individual gains the other individual's loss. No, that, that's right, and that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to make. It doesn't work out individual to individual. That doesn't change what it looks like when you're watching it. Which, no. is, which is the weird thing. No, but to be fair, that's what I'm saying, is do the quotas have to work out on the talent available, to be fair, and to be not be sexist, not be racist, or do the quotas have to work out by the viewing public? And even if you quota by the talent, you still have that problem that we've just done with the lottery, is as soon as you say there has to be one female, right? They're now competing yeah. within their group. So it would be one female competing with 19 others rather than one male competing with 75 others, sorry, 80 others, uh, for each spot that's available. I, I, I worked once on a top of comedy show, like a TV show, and I was, I, I was on it briefly, uh, but I also sort of helped write for it and stuff, and basically I knew the producer. Yeah. Um, and so this is just a conversation we had about it. 
and he was talking about working with one comic who was a black female comedian and he said it was just so horrible to work with that he basically went not working with her again and he went and that is insane because of the before we mention her quick caveat she's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) but but he he, he just said I just decided never going to work with her again she was just so rude and horrible and hard to work with and and he went and that's insane because the fact she's gotten this means she's at least this good and that means that people will fall over to put her on their shows because people want to have diversity on the yes you know, represent this the show. Thing. What, what then yeah. happened is Andy Osho turned up and is lovely. Yeah. And was on everything all the time because yes. she was delightful to yes. work with and she's, oh, yeah, she's, and she, and she's, she's. She swept it up and it was understandable. There, there was yeah, a slot available. Why wouldn't you want to and get she something deserved to it. I, I, I wouldn't for a second say she didn't deserve to have that slot, right? Because she does. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But at the same time, there's a limited number of, co- of competitors going for that slot. Yeah. And really, it was between those two at the time. And it's pretty understandable, because I think we're talking about two things when we're talking about representativeness. We're talking about the representativeness of, of, of the population as a whole, like which might, we might call the audience in terms of comedy, and representativeness of the pool that you have to, to choose from, which is nothing like no, the fucking No, but the, we're, not, we're also talking about the, whether the quota works, because much is in that lottery situation... Um, it, with the first ball chosen, the black people get a hundred percent chance of that, so they end up with with a much higher percentage of of win than the black people, even though there's only ten of them. It it doesn't work out as fair. No, no one black you person gets hundred percent of the chance. Quotering doesn't. I, I can't see figures for quotering that works out as fair. What it should do is, we need to be encouraging at ground level equal opportunity. I th- that's what I feel. That it, it has to be that, that feels welcome like a much for women to come into the business. It has to be welcome and. Uh, but we might already have that, and I oh, yeah, don't know whether on, we do. But, yeah, but what, all I was saying was, what what we're talking about when we're talking about representatives is, is the experience of watching a show and going, this yes. is all white men, like the feeling that we all we both get which I agree with, which we both are in agreement you know? with, yeah, yeah. But then the feeling of trying to cast a show and looking at who the hell is good enough to be on this show, or good, yeah. good enough and visible enough, which is another thing as well, right. But that in but that that, pool, taking, that pool is massively skewed, and it doesn't look like the population. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, certainly isn't fifty percent. That's the whole thing. A, it doesn't look like the population, and B, when you start quotering, you don't even represent the talent properly. No, is is what I'm saying. Is is you end up you end up with uh, totally skewed figures, and you you end up with something similar to that lottery I was giving giving you the, as a first example, where you you get the black guy who's counting out eight lottery tickets yeah. next to the white guy who's got one who's now playing against larger numbers anyway because of all those extra lottery yeah. tickets and he's going it's not fair why people keep winning and it, I, I can see scenarios where that makes sense yeah but I'm still <laughs> still going but when I see someone who's doing a lot more TV than I am and, and, and having a really good career and then they're, they're constantly complaining about how there's programs that are all white guys go, but that is going to happen unless you start quotering based on the viewing public yeah which just happened to me. I mean, I think I think there's a, a place for quotas somehow. I know I I knew the uh, series producer of I Got News for You for a long time, and when when the BBC came out with this thing of we have to have one woman panelist on every panel show, yeah, his feeling I think was that's yeah, probably a good rule to follow, but not one to announce. Yes. Feeling being yes. because yes. if you announce that as a rule, um, then first of all, well, every man, know. every every I'm man there's. Yes, lo- I think it should be transparent. Actually, every, every man there is looking at a woman. No, I, I know, I know what you mean, and I, I kind of agree on one level. But every man is looking at everyone who's on it, going, "Well, you're there because of the quota." But that's the woman herself the doesn't know she's there as the quota. But that is a problem with the quota. That is the, what we do get from quotas. We get suspicious of the people who get um, advancement because we don't know whether it's party. They were. Yeah. You know, given a quota leg up. I'll, t- I'll tell you where, where I differ on this because this is where, when we're talking about comedy, this, so just to continue the point before I do. Sure. Um, what he then said was, however, we kept having episode after episode after episode with just five men on it, and no matter how often we had that meeting, no one ever fucking did anything about it. So maybe this quota is the way to go. Now, right. I think it's weird because we're talking about comedy, we're t- actually talking about tiny population. If we're talking about something like university entrance and under-representation, say, Oxford and Cambridge from people who went to state school, which is not even a minority, it's fucking everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, I went to a state school and went to Oxford. But 
I remember, it's weird when you get there how many people, I'd never met anyone before who'd gone to like a private school and suddenly they're all over the fucking place and, yeah, yeah. and it's, over, it's it's incredibly yeah. white and middle or upper class and, sure. and, and to me, I think the quota thing is difficult if somebody who isn't scoring as well as an exam does, so, does better than someone who is you know, who's doing better but if you've got two people scoring the same and one of them was tutored within an inch of their life by the finest money, you know, by the finest tutors money could buy, and the other one came out of a fucking housing yes. project. Then, I'm then not, I'm not, you should... Okay, I'm not making an argument against quotas, but I'm, what, I'm, what I am saying is there's two things. First of well, all... That, that doesn't mean quota, it just means a tendency to pick... Um, sure. Yeah. But I think it'd be nice if people understood the group dynamic a little bit more, so that when you have a female who's complaining about women on panel shows, etc., right. and she's been on lots of panel shows, and there's other women who are agreeing with her who've been on lots of panel shows, yeah. I think they might do well to understand that dynamic that they can individually, uh, because of the quotas, have a privilege over other people even though their group dynamic might be underprivileged compared to the other group. And yes. therefore they might realise that some of the people they're arguing against uh, are actually have, have far less chance than... Yes, individually much less I'm not saying that as any kind of bitter thing, but I'm also yeah. saying there's other things we're not counting in quotes, like ageism as well, which is, is you know, there's no one saying uh, we need to have more people over 45 on these programmes or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I think it's hard to quote quota for everything without then ignoring it, 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 other quotas. It is. And I think in the particular case of representation on, you know, in comedy on TV, which for obvious reasons both of us have skin in the game, mm-hmm. um, there's stuff about you know representation in boardrooms and things like that, where it's sure. it's far less easy to explain the underrepresentation of women. It's, it certainly isn't that they're choosing from a no totally, but also things like you know from a with population the, with, with a Google thing, thing, you can say most Google workers are white and male. Mm. So if you say that you want which would be quite reasonable, 25% of the country, to be, uh, sorry, the company to be more diverse. But then, do you look for that amongst, as a quota amongst the people who are going for the interview? So actually now I'm adding a th- third dimension. So you've got, uh, whether you quota out of the interviewees, whether you quota out of the representative of the public, or whether you quota out of uh, what you want the company to be. So that's three different areas yeah now, that, that's a which can rem- because, work out rem- remarkably unfair because if, you, if you're talking like things like computer coding you will just there's, a, there's, 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 there's a lawsuits big, going on about this a, right now there's a big difference in gender representation just at the university level in people studying in computer STEM, science right totally and, in, in all STEM fields and so if you I mean, I, I would argue it's probably worse than representation on the top echelons of comedy. If you if you, if you're going to interview just people who've just graduated a computer science degree, yeah, you are going to get less than one one in ten women. If if you just take as as just a population, right? You get well. Let's let's choose these twenty people. Like it's possible none of them will be female. Yeah. I mean, it's that it's that skewed. Yeah. It's also we've talked about this before. We don't really know whether that there was a. An interesting study done that showed that a lot of um, those jobs in STEM, you know, in working in Google and so on, is um, the, one of the big differences. You get left alone. It's, it, the amount of human interaction interaction is really low, right. and it might be for all the other reasons. It might be that a lot Sounds of men brilliant. are choosing a job. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel that way as well. <laughs> it might be that a lot of males choose a job that's uh, low uh, yeah. human interaction, uh, amongst other reasons. I, I, I suspect that a lot of men in Silicon Valley, Valley are a little bit on the spectrum. You know who you are. But, it's really, but, the spectrum hasn't been produced since the 1980s. I mean, it's an old Sinclair machine. And <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep going there because Kerry was looking at me baffled. <laughs> it's a spectrum joke. That was a hell of a stretch of us. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I reckon there's probably a little bit of mental illness. It's like low levels that affect. Also, lots lots of women in childcare and so on probably have uh, low levels of, of uh, I don't know spectrum of. Uh, I don't want to name illnesses now. Accuse women of stuff. I'm being really careful. 
Well, I think we really Over emotionality, like the, really, 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 really like the smell of babies. <laughs> um, I reckon a lot of mental illness disappears into a number of jobs. You just go, well, that job kind of covers that. So psych- mental illness. So well, I'm saying, well, yeah, low levels. I've, right, I, I'm OCD just enough that I never lose my keys. It's really useful, <laughs> right? And I think we all have very low levels of different mental illness. And I think um, you know some of Baron Cohen's um, research. I know some of it. All right. So what he talks about is the male and female brain. So women lean more towards... Uh, there's more cases of females with psychosis who uh, have, have psychotic ex- episodes, will, will hear more voices. And what they're doing is applying emotionality to... Uh, more emotionality than, than is necessary to a thing. Yeah, right? and, and I know that he, he, calls, he is, calls autism male brain. Uh, double male brain. Like extreme male so brain. So it's yeah, double yeah. male brain. So the male brain also itself that, that, that's might have small touches of this, but... And the male brain gets more into to that kind of area, and so uh, you'd expect, mm. bell curve wise, there to be more men with that kind of mental illness, more females with psychotic yeah. kind of mental illness. And also, that this and is his explanation. Would he vanish in childcare. He he, he gives where you faces and emotions. He, I think he gives the example if you, if you are slightly on the autistic spectrum but female, it isn't noticed because you are not significantly different to most blokes in terms of your behaviour. Right. Like that, right. That, I mean, I'm massively oversimplifying. That's what I'm saying. At the, the very lowest levels, we, we've all got bits of things, yeah. right? But I would have thought that once you bell curve it up, you, you're going to see drives towards different... In the same way that uh, tall men might, who are sporty, might choose um, um, playing... Um, net, that's net, <laughs> yeah. um, basketball. Basketball. Yeah. Um, it's a very strong indicator. Well, basketball, anyone who looks at basketball and goes, um, well, must make people tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, clearly. In, in, in fact, it's such, clearly, an, it's such an advantage to be tall in basketball that the difference between, I think, be, like, I, I won't have the measurements quite right, but something like if you're six foot three, like if, if you're five foot eight, you've got a one in a million chance of being a right. tall basketball player. It's so late to height that by the time you get sort of six foot eight or something like that, it's down to like one in 60, right. which is ridiculous, like regardless of skill level. It, but it doesn't mean if you're that height, you're going to play basketball though either. No, it doesn't, doesn't of course. You know, there's a whole lot of factors come together. Yeah. The same way as being small doesn't mean that you're going to be a good jockey. Or no. that you even care to be a good jockey. Uh, well, we should, but, we should, we should but fill out bell curve my utopia, my utopia is that people would have the the right places to go to that, that fits their proclivities, rather than try and force proclivities on people. And what I'm saying is, it's difficult. I'm saying that Silicon Valley might be full of men uh, who lean slightly that way on a spectrum, and, and a lot of childcare might yeah. have women who lean slightly that way on a spectrum, and that would be attractive because those illnesses would vanish in those circumstances that would suit them. We might, what I'm saying is we might have found an answer to dealing with certain levels of mental illnesses, finding the right careers for people to be in and be fighting against that rather than realising what a great thing that is. I don't, I, was, I, was just, I don't know why I was just reminded of this, but um, my dad used to do a thing when I was 12, 13. When you get to that age where you're old enough to use the kettle and make your parents a coffee and then they never have to make their own coffee. Very again. young in my family. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember being so proud when they let me do it and then just gradually over time realising I'd become used. a slave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But my dad would go, make me a coffee and then would th- throw, <laughs> throw the cup over the room for me to catch. Really? Yeah, and I'd catch it. But I, I remember like casually later in life, I've got, like, even gone to my then-girlfriend or gone to a friend, hey, make me a coffee, and then just go, sometimes screaming and ducking and me smashing it because I'm just, oh, sorry, that's how we used to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but if that was an interview question, if I walked in and someone just chucked me a cup, I'd catch it. <laughs> so I'm high in cup catching. You're very prepared for that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never going to happen. <laughs> You've been waiting for this interview for years. I do not know what point that was meant to illustrate. I just, yeah, that uh, you could get any job if they throw a mug at you. Oh. I think, <laughs> do you know, um, we, we both said bell curves there and didn't explain it. That's probably a different whole episode, I think. I think it might be, uh, yeah. Yeah. I on, think bell curves one. are fascinating. Yeah. I think they're. they're uh, I. I, I I think they're just an interesting understanding of humanity and why choices might be made to represent a group that don't actually represent most of the individuals. And not, in even, group. not even just humanity, like majority. frequency of almost anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the shape of it. Yes. Yeah. 
it's a curve that's roughly the shape of a bell. So well, it starts it starts very, very narrow, goes up in the middle yeah. like a big camel horn, <coughs> then, then goes narrow at the end, right? So if you say, you know, distribution of intelligence, you know, most people are somewhere in the middle, so that's why the, the middle is the highest bit of the curve. But, you know, there's very few idiots you might put on the left and very few geniuses you might put it on the right. And you could get different sorts of bell curve that overlap. So in different groups of population, you might find that, and, and, you know, again, they would massively overlap in the middle, so most people in the fucking middle. But if, as has been argued by Stephen Pinker and most other people, but controversial, not everybody agrees, you would say that the, that the distribution is a little bit different, for instance, amongst men and women. So there are yeah. more stupid men than there are stupid women. Like, if, if you go to the very left yes. of the bell curve... And more geniuses yeah. than there. But, equally, uh, intersex competition is far uh, wider... Mm. than an intersex competition. So any, any men, this, this is the problem with bell, and I think that's the lovely thing about bell curves, is what they show us is, you know how we, we with football, we talk about we and our our team, and you know, we, we won that, right, we okay. scored a great goal. And I think people tend to do that by their group. And actually we should stop thinking that way because uh, for a male to say, oh, we produce geniuses, doesn't mean that he has any representation of that. He's not, he's not even part of that. He could be... Well, the, could be Leonardo da Vinci! Yeah, the dumbest idiot going. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, this is... I, I, I would argue that um, the distribution uh, between the sexes in comedy is like the right half of a bell curve. Right. When you start out, you have very similar populations. It's about 50-50. Yes. Yeah. But it's not, well, do you know what, it's not even, well, it is like a bell curve, but what you get in a bell curve is because the populations are much smaller at the ends. Yeah. Even though there are very few idiots and very few geniuses, because you're talking about a much smaller population difference, it suddenly looks like there's shit ton more male geniuses than female geniuses, just because there's only 10 of each yeah. in the world, you know. Yes. It's, at the very, yeah. very, very extremes. Yes. Um, not 10 of each, 20 of one, 10 of the other. But, uh, but this, this to me is what a utopian society is, is that all those extremes get to go their directions, you know. So sure. and the, the extremes can be good and bad. It, as I say, it might be mental illness, but it might be height, it might be genius, it might be whatever. And people can choose the proclivities that they're supposed to have. And I think that has, comes back to the whole quota thing. I think what we ended up doing is trying to force an equality that actually is the difference between equality and fairness. That's the whole problem. Yeah. And equality is, is very often unfair if you're looking for equality of results. Equality of outcome rather than equality of opportunity. Yeah. The other thing is that it may, it may just be slightly the wrong tool for the job. Because there definitely is a shit ton of sexism on all levels of comedy. Sure. If you're the one female on the bill and you don't do well, people will judge yeah. all female comedians by the fact that you had a bad gig that I week. think that every time. Yeah. <laughs> I go, oh, let's see where how funny females are based on this one. Yeah. I do find it odd. I saw... Um, but, but also the thing, of, you know, I, I, we've already got a woman on the bill, so you yeah. can't... Come, that, that definitely happens. Oh, unquestionably. And also the prejudice. I saw, I saw Lucy Porter on a, on a bill ages ago, and it was quite amazing. And she's on great form, you know, and uh, she's very funny. But um, there, was, there was a group of women who just, like, instantly turned their backs to her. They, just, they didn't even want to watch. And that, you know, I went over near them to see what was going on, and I heard one of them going, female comedians, going, go, wow, you, you've already decided. So oh, yes, it's there, it's unquestionably there. But Zoe Lyons I once saw properly destroying the comedy store, like really fucking wrecking the place. Just yeah. like every beat really worked. Every joke was taking the roof off. Yeah. And then she mentions her girlfriend and it's like she's just walked on as an open spot. She immediately had to win them over again. It took about really? three minutes. It was it's, quite something it's lucky to watch. she's got good material on that then. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, she's, she's, do, but... she's so good. But like, it would... Yeah, who you are, what you are, yeah. they, they can definitely... It's un unquestionably it's out there. I don't, I don't think it's most people, though. You know, certainly not most people who go to comedy. And I think most people no. in an audience like a bit of diversity anyway and uh, represent that uh, the entertainment business is something a little bit strange. You know, yeah. whatever walks on, they're going, well, it's a comedian, what do we expect? But, yeah. Yeah, true. 
There's, ex- there's an extent to that. I think sometimes it's nice to be the underdog as well, though. You can really blow people away and surprise them. Plus, there's the other side that we mentioned before is, uh, we were talking about outside before, we, <laughs> say before, I mean, before, before we were doing the podcast. But <laughs> I just said that there is a, a different side of it. In, in the being the majority, people can watch lots of what male white comedians go on stage and then just see patterns and then just go, oh, it's not a white male comedian talking about yeah. women in a particular way or talking about wanking and so on. And, and therefore, Which that subject starts true. to seem more aggressive than it actually is. That's actually far more true about male comedians than it is about female comedians in general, right? Yeah. And yet, female comedians um, get the shit of, oh, I'm actually going to talk about tampons. Yeah, and I saw a female comedian, as we were talking about, I saw a female comedian get that recently, and she, she came on stage and one went, and he actually said to her, this guy went up to her and you were really funny, and most female comedians would go on about their labias. I go, labias not really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Periods was a thing for a while. But you know what, even when that happened, when, fe- when female comedians... But also, also, the guy saying that, Name one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Name yeah, that was, I, did, I did ask him to at the time. But Who are you thinking of? When, when periods first started as a big subject amongst female comedians, and it was for a little while, there were quite a few, few female yeah. comedians in the, in the uh, uh, back when there were many. But I felt at the time it was a subject that was being broached that male comedians yeah. hadn't talked about. And it was like, it, it was uh, as, as valid a subject as anything else. But so I was like, oh no. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's, it's so big. Meanwhile, a million, to... a million male comedians talking about their dicks, you know. Yeah, it, it is such a different standard on that. Level. In, in the in the cog jokes became a, an expression, whereas period, period jokes really haven't. Yeah, and you know, everyone's sort of worshiping Bill Hicks, who didn't, you know, basically do his politics, but promise you dick jokes. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Like that's the thing. Yeah, he used to say he was Chomsky with dick jokes. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Which, in fairness, Chomsky still doesn't have. <laughs> he doesn't miss it. <laughs> it would be. Uh, Come on, Chomsky, uh, get your act together. That, feel, that feels like a <laughs> that feels like a good length <laughs> for, for well, the episode. I thought I had a lot of girth anyway. So uh, cool. Um, Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, y- you Do know. disagree with us, by the way. Honestly, we yeah, we, you re- yeah, we, we're really not can. joking about this. We're, we're totally capable of being disagreed. This with conversation we... is this space. Comments about it or not? Yeah, <laughs> and, we're, and we we're probably will be delighted that we've got comments and we'll read them out. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would make it much easier to pick what to talk about if you yeah. pick arguments with us. But meanwhile, I'm, I'm at Nick Doody, um, at, at Kerry, Kerry Marks, C A R E Y M A R X. It's not obvious. No, that's true. Kerry with me. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this has been the Citizens of Nowhere podcast. Um, yes. Tell other people about us and comment. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.